1: Yes. Your horrific true crime podcast. This is episode 17. I'm Meg and my co-host, permanently exhausted pigeon, Connie, is gonna tell us about human trafficking and the people that it affects.
0: Ah, uh, that is so accurate on the eve of my 32nd <laughs>
1: birthday. <laughs> Permanently exhausted. Not a not a morning morning bird. Not a night owl.
0: Permanently exhausted just a pigeon.
1: Permanently exhausted pigeon.
0: <laughs> All right. So this episode, I know we say this a lot, but it's going to be different from other episodes that we've covered. um As everyone knows, Sunday was the Super Bowl. What you may not know is that the Super Bowl is the biggest national event where sex trafficking flourishes. Really? There, are esti- yeah, there are estimates of over ten thousand victims who are brought to the various home cities where the Super Bowl takes place to be sold or trafficked.
1: Yeah. At like it's, Super Bowl sex parties? What? I don't yeah, know like, what like, you the think context it, is here.
0: So you think about it, most of the people who... Go, Super Bowl tickets are expensive. Yes. So most money. of the people who are going are very wealthy. And as we have learned the past couple years with situations like Jeffrey Epstein... Epstein um, didn't
1: kill himself. Yep.
0: Yep. And things get very sketchy when you get a lot of money and it's Ugh. things are weird. Yeah. So this year, the Super Bowl was was... was in Florida, which also happens to be third in the country for human trafficking. So you got two things working against you. So instead of taking you through a gnarly case, I had this feeling for the past couple of weeks that this is just something like I had to cover. I know we're not like a huge podcast yet, but like I feel like I would be doing the platform that we have a disservice if I didn't do my part to like spread more awareness. Yes, and I agree with you. Normally, when I choose a case, I dive in deep. I bring the case, you know, with the exception of some direct quotes to our listeners in my own words. And this is going to be different. This is like where this episode is going to be different. Um, we all know. Know how powerful a victim's story can be. I mean, we witnessed it firsthand when Meg told her story. So I'm going to be reading you stories from the victims themselves. They're going to be in first person. Um, I'm obviously Meg, and I will stop and we'll discuss stuff. I'm going to link all of these articles in the show notes. But I just didn't feel like I had the right to take their words from them in situations where they've already had, you know, so much taken from them. So it's
1: Yeah, especially when they're doing like, what a mm -hmm. powerful thing they have been able to do themselves to speak out. Exactly. because It's hard. It is hard. It's
0: and I witnessed it, like, I guess, I don't even know if it can be more than firsthand, like in the weeks leading up to you writing your episode and like telling your story so I know how difficult it is not firsthand but like I know how difficult it is like for the victim like I it was it was tough for you to write that and it, it was tough it for you was, to tell and, your story like
1: consider like mine is pretty mild compared to what these like yeah. people go through so I promise next you know
0: next my next go around I'll return to the normal programming but like I said I after kind of mentioning the situation I with my van getting marked, I I just felt like it was something that I needed to talk about a little bit more. So, that being said, the International Labor Organization estimates that there are 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally. Whoa. To put that in perspective, the state of California, everyone that lives there, 39.51 million people.
1: So, every like if every person in California was being trafficked.
0: Yes. Human tra- Trafficking earns global profits of roughly $150 billion a year for traffickers, $99 billion of which comes from commercial sexual exploitation. Estimates suggest that internationally, only about this is the part that killed me, 0.4% of survivors of human trafficking cases are identified, meaning the vast majority of human cases, human trafficking cases go undetected. Is this point zero four? For.
1: I'm doing math. Hold on. Times 43 million. Mm-hmm. It's 1.7 million people. Yeah. So that's how many you hear out of 40 million. Which it seems million.
0: like a lot until you're like <laughs>
1: Yeah, but if you 40 million that, like Yeah, it's not That's not even a large city in like the entire world of, you know, a trillion people.
0: Yeah, it's like saying, okay, the people of if everyone in the city of Indianapolis, like they're gonna tell their story, but we still have like the entire state of California that no one knows is happening. It's, and the biggest misconception I think is you hear human trafficking and you instantly go to the creepy guys in the parking lot picking up girls, and that's it. Or you think of just sexual trafficking and that's you know that's not the case there are six different types of human trafficking there's child sex trafficking there's online exploitation there's online exploitation where the content is of children there's forced marriage forced labor and then adult sex trafficking so it is a wide array of different things and it's insane how it's happening under everyone's noses and it's just they're it's like they're like how do we stop this like yeah
1: and I think when But when we talk about human trafficking in general, it is almost always like sex Mm -hmm. involved, but it does human trafficking isn't just sex. It's like, it's slave labor still. Yeah, it's
0: modern slavery. And the misconception used to be, or it used to, you would hear about it and you're like, oh, that's in third world countries. Like that's not, but there are hundreds of thousands of cases in the United States, in the country where people come for, you know, this is the American, dream. Like trafficking is happening here. It's the rate that it's growing is like it is insane over the past 10 years, how much human trafficking has grown in the United States. So I'm going to start with the story of Kelly Dore. She is now the director of the National Human Trafficking Survivor Coalition and the legislative liaison for the for United Against Slavery. And her story is one that's echoed too often. And it's commonly people don't consider it trafficking because she was not bought and sold. It doesn't always have to be that. And it doesn't have to be a stranger. So I'm gonna tell us. She says my biological father was 21 at the time of my birth. He had a serious grudge against women. The hatred fueled the abuse of my mother and eventually just me. Just as I was turning one, my father began to physically and sexually abuse me. Over time, he allowed his acquaintances to abuse me as well. These illicit encounters became our secret. He covered his tracks using grooming techniques telling me this is the way for him to show his love to me, that it was something all little girls did. He used threats, telling me if he talked, he would kill my mom, my brother, my grandparents. He twisted the truth, telling me that I would go to jail for doing dirty things, that my mom and family would be ashamed to know me if they knew how bad I was. Looking at me as a young girl, no one would have known the fraud, the force, the coercion that I was living with. I went to school, I pulled excellent grades, I excelled at sports, but under that, a burning discomfort was growing. With what my father was telling me, me, what he was doing to me and what he was forcing me to do with others. I decided to share what was happening to me in the only way that I was capable at the time was several adults but no one intervened and nothing changed. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Same. Uh, Always the same. So infuriated. So at 13, I found myself in the
0: middle of a middle school health class and up until that point, I assumed that all of my friends were doing things like I was doing at home and they just didn't talk about it. As the teacher led to a discussion about incest, rape, and abuse, that idea began to unravel and so did I. I saw my classmates jeering at the subject matter saying how disgusted they were at the very thought of incest. In that moment, I realized I was alone with my secret. My experiences we're not normal and my friends definitely did not experience this and immediately i felt shame i also felt very deep and highly conflicted emotions a sense of rage at my family but also a se- urgent sense to protect them like many familial trafficking victims my family ties were strong and controlling i like many other victims unintentionally protected those who hurt me in large part because i didn't know how to process what was being done to me and it was somewhat normalized in my family environment and many ways i didn't see myself as a victim but that day that conversation those questions they not only put a crack in the story my father told me but also in the story i told myself as the pain rushed in deep and overwhelming i went home and i tried to take my life i lived but the pain did too and it caused me to fall into a deep depression so it, she goes on she eventually told the counselor took notice as they were having these conversations in class that kelly was like wait a second so she the counselor reported it as they should so wait sorry i'm crying um i know
1: (laughs) so she the counselor was sitting in on these classes saw that she was like having a reaction and was like
0: yes and they noticed how after this she fell into this deep depression so she said this is the two years later so two years after my health class with solid and consistent support I eventually found the courage and the tools to seek justice for the wrongs that had been done to me. At just 15 years old, I spoke out, went to court, and testified against my biological father. The state brought 27 counts against him. He pled guilty to 19, but he did not have to pay restitution or register as a sex offender. He served. Sorry. He served only two months in prison for the crimes that began around my first birthday and continued until I was 14. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Two yeah, months? So, two months. So that she that's when she, you know, it's easy after that to be like, okay, this is point. No one wants to help. This is. But it took, she said it took 30 years. And eventually she was like, I have to help other people. Like I have to, there has to be more policies. There has to be help for these victims. Yeah. So how can you wh-
1: be, you can plead guilty to 19 counts of something and only serve? Serve. Like- two months. months? That's
0: insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. So that's the first victim story. That's it was this is so hard. Like I like I said, this isn't like a gnarly, like gory, gruesome case. But this is like mentally taxing. It
1: is mentally gruesome.
0: (laughs) I am very sorry for that. But like I said, I think it's important. So the next story is one that we don't think of and honestly I this one was the hardest for me to read and it's not because like sexual assault isn't as awful as it is because I do think that's one of the worst things that can happen to a person but it's more of this feeling of guilt that I had because this is going on and a lot of people don't even think about it and like I said I am living I did not realize how prominent this was because you see this the next case, it involves labor trafficking. And a lot of times you see these fancy rich people, you see their help that may be from a different country. And you just assume that that's how, you know,
1: they're like just getting like, yeah, they're paying them. Yeah. So
0: uh, next story is from Nina Ruiz. And I'm gonna just get to it. I came from a family of teachers, father, husband, sisters, and daughters. I taught for 32 years in an elementary school in the Philippines. And somehow that added to the shame I felt for being a survivor of trafficking. I not only worried about what my family would think, but my hundreds of students as well. I thought everyone would lose respect for us. When I retired from teaching at 55, I went into business with a neighbor and they disappeared with my savings. I was devastated, but a cousin through a marriage came to my rescue, or so I thought, when she told me her boss was looking for someone to accompany her elderly mother to the United States and take care of her there. I met with a woman and she offered me $400 per month, nearly three times what I could make as a teacher. She added that she would petition for a specific kind of visa so my family could come to the U.S. too. I was overwhelmed with happiness and gratitude. I thought that this was the answer to my prayers. The first sign that something was wrong was at the airport. The Philippines Airlines personnel withheld my ticket because the woman I was supposed to be caring for was not with me. I wondered why the mother had traveled to the U.S. ahead of me, so I called my boss to let her know I couldn't pick up my ticket alone. She sent her mother back to Manila and we flew to the U.S. together. She in sent all of,
1: her back. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: In all of my excitement, I didn't ask any questions about the strangeness of the situation. I trusted my new boss. In San Francisco, so we're in the United States now. In San Francisco, my boss's younger sister met us at the airport, and we happily ate dinner at her house. Before going to bed, the sister told me, "My mom stays with me. My sister used my mom so that she could get you to come here to be her domestic helper. Tomorrow, I will arrange your flight to Culver City." I was. I was so shocked I couldn't say a thing. My head was spinning with confusion. I arrived in Los Angeles and my boss took me to her condo in a gated community. She was a very prominent, influential Filipino woman and her American husband was the vice president of legal affairs of Sony Pictures in Los Angeles. Oh, geez. Yeah. Before we went inside, she asked for my passport. She said she was going to extend my visa and petition for my family to come to America to be with me. Again, my happiness overwhelmed me and I believed her. Within a week, I had a daily work schedule taped the wall in the kitchen. It ran from 5 a.m. to 10 30 p.m., which was incorrect since I also had to bring the dogs outside in the middle of the night. I had to take care of the dogs in addition to cooking, cleaning, washing, vacuuming, ironing, dusting, hemming clothes and maintaining the plants. Every month I cooked a large pot of special Filipino dish of a special Filipino dish with ground beef, rice, tomatoes, carrots, broccoli for the dogs, but was fed leftover food that had been in the refrigerator for days. I had to brush the dog's teeth, clean their ears, and give them vitamins each day. But I had to sleep on a dog bed in the living room, even though the house was large with a guest room and a music room. And I kept all... Why would they let
1: her, like, in the living room? Mm -hmm. This seems, like, less convenient than just being, like, go crash in a guest room.
0: Yeah. I kept my belongings at the laundry room. I felt my boss disliked everything I did, no matter how hard I tried. She told me I was ignorant and brainless. As I later alleged in civil court, she hit me and pulled my hair and left me with bruises and cuts. I was oh scared gosh. of her. Yeah. I was scared of her, but also ashamed that this was happening to me. An elderly woman who deserved respect. Damn right. You do deserve respect. I wanted to escape, but I had no idea where to turn. All kinds of fears kept me paralyzed. My visa expired. And after that, I was afraid of being arrested. My boss also told me I was responsible for, responsible for paying back my airfare and that her, and that of her mother, since I couldn't have come to America without her. She also deducted my everyday items for my salary, like shampoo and lotion. I was was paid a total of $300 for my entire time there with the family. Even if I made it back to the Philippines, I don't know how I could pay back my loans there. I tried to tell people about my situation. I wrote notes to my boss's husband. He seemed concerned about the physical abuse, but when the wife found out we were speaking about it, things only seemed to get worse. When the boss's mother and brother came to visit, I told them to, but they gave me a prayer book and told me to pray.
1: Oh my gosh. Of course they did. Because um, the wife was Filipino too, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it sounds like like she's ashamed. Like maybe like some internalized like racism against her own. Yeah. I I don't don't know. know. Yeah. Or it's like you get to
0: you get to a point where you just think you're awesome and you're better than everyone and you you can, can just do whatever you want because you have a certain amount of money. You can't. Can't do that. I called a friend in Chicago, but she herself was undocumented and afraid to get involved. In the end, the neighbors were the ones to help. From when I took the dogs out, I made friends with the 13 year old girl next door. I couldn't from crying when we were together and eventually told her what was wrong she told her mother plus her parents sometimes sat at the swimming pool close to our condo and heard the yelling and hitting through the walls her uh, her mother asked my boss if i could come help when their cleaning person didn't show up and my boss trying to be a respectful neighbor let me go we were able to talk and the mother encouraged me to escape but i wasn't ready i was still too scared This went on for a year, a year. So (sighs) I really spoke with my family on the phone and I didn't tell them how bad it was because it felt useless. What would they do from so far away given all the debts we had? At the end of each day, I would write the exact date and list the things my boss said and did to me. I also kept good track of the deductions made from my paycheck. This meticulous record keeping was a way for me to relieve my emotions for the day, but it also kept the thing that built the case against the family.
1: Yeah, good. Good for her.
0: Yeah. Finally, one day we got a knock on the door. It was the police. One of the neighbors had called and said I was being hit. He asked if I wanted to talk with him alone outside, but I was silent and only looked at my boss. Even though the, my boss treated me cruelly, she was still my boss. And because of my culture, I felt I should obey her. Also, I had no papers and I didn't want to put be put in immigrant detention. Finally, I said, sir, maybe some other time, please give me your business card. Uh, yeah,
1: that's not it. But it's not going to get better for her in that situation. No. Yeah.
0: And she said the next day, my boss took the business card away and told me they had arranged my flight back to the Philippines. I felt pressure to sign a piece of paper saying I wouldn't say anything about what had happened. So I refused. I went back to the neighbors for help and they called the police. The officers accompanied me back to my bosses so I could get my things. And it seemed like my boss wanted to keep my passport, but they told her to give it to me. I slept at the neighbor's house that night. The next day, the FBI and the Immigration and Naturalization Service, which now falls under the Department of Homeland Security, showed up. My boss had called immigration enforcement trying to get me deported before I revealed the truth. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Cruel, unusual. So she goes on to, you know, talk about how the um, coalition to abolish slavery and trafficking helped her get like a lawyer access to education and like kind of get on her feet to get her family over. And then she eventually in 2013, she went back to the Philippines to be reunited with her family. But like that's that's trafficking and it has nothing to do with sex. It has to do. And this happened. Buying
1: and trading and forcing and coercing people
0: like yeah, humans. You, yeah, you see this uh a lot In country, immigrants will come, and someone's like, "Oh, let me help you. Let me help you." And they take,
1: they take passports. They take advantage of you. Yep, exactly. I actually read about a case similar to that in New York, where um, I think she was from Trinidad, something like so, one of those islands, one of the islands over there. uh, And it was the same, the same exact thing. Like, come here. We'll, you'll make this. You'll do this. And then when they did that, when they got there, it was not that, and they weren't paid because they were charged. And that is, that is modern day slavery. It's the yep. same thing. Like, well, yep. we don't pay you because you got to buy your place room to and live. And yeah, there you go.
0: You started with this, but oh, you use water. You, we, you live here. You do this. We fed you. Outrageous. And like this lady, she was sleeping on a dog bed, like a fucking dog. In the dog living bed. room. Yeah. And like, that's why I felt it was important to include that story because her husband worked at Sony Pictures. Yeah. Like,
1: and also, like, it's an. In- <laughs> it's an older woman yeah it's oh geez, and she's mm. like obvi- she's obviously intelligent she's a teacher she's yeah. been a teacher for 30 years
0: and I think that's like she said I think that adds to the embarrassment of being like wait yeah, a second I'm being trafficked shame,
1: which yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't feel shame because they no. took it they tricked you and that happens
0: a lot with sex trafficking with le- you know labor trafficking forced marriages they prey on people who they see are trying to do better for themselves and their family and and when you get someone into a desperate situation, a lot of times you can talk them into doing anything. If they think it's going to help them, especially if they have kids, help their kids in a better life, Like it's it's awful. So the next story, the victim had her name redacted um, out of privacy, which I totally get. But I told you that most of human trafficking and sex trafficking comes from third world countries. So she is from India. So I wanted to touch on some things that go on over there. This obviously is just one out of millions and millions of cases that happen. Um, So uh, I will give a heads up. This one also is tough to listen to because it does involve sexual assault. I was born in Mumbai, India. When I was five years old, I was taken from my family and sold to a man named, and it was redacted, who lived in Kolkata. I don't know if I butchered that or not. So sorry. You're right. You got it. Yeah. I was told to do chores around the house, washing dishes, and tending to the needs of his him and his family. I was such a small girl, and I would sometimes get very homesick and cry because she's because you're five.
1: Yes, you're five. I can't imagine like my five year old if I made her do. She gets mad when I'm like, "Can you help pick up your toys?" Like being forced to do those things all day long and being yeah. taken away from your family. family. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think she would come stay with me for many, many days, but that's besides the point um because we're best friends. But anyways. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I would sometimes get very homesick and cry, wondering when I could go home. But when I cried, they would lock me in a dark room, sometimes for an entire day with no food or water.
1: Oh, poor baby.
0: Every time I raised my voice or objected to my work, I was beaten into silence. I was not allowed to leave or speak to anyone outside of the family. No friends, no school, no birthdays, no life. Some days, his brother and his sons came to the house. His sons would misbehave with me. And even though I tried to resist, they forced themselves on me. The boys told me that if I tried to speak up and call for help, nobody would believe me. And they were right. Who would believe me? Who would listen to me and take my side? By the time I was 15 years old, I had been raped many times. Around that same time, I was asked if I wanted a real job. I thought this was my opportunity to leave this life behind. So I said yes. His wife took me to a place called Sanagachi, which is a red light district. Oh, there, sorry, I'm there, bad. I know. <laughs> there I saw other girls my age talking and negotiating prices with older men. That day, I was sold for the second time in my life, this time to a brothel. Suddenly, I started crying. Please let me go from here. I don't want to do this work. Hours later, I met one, quote, customer. After that, I had to meet with 15 to 20 customers every day. Oh, my gosh. And honestly, I'm not trying to discredit the 15 to 20, but I have read articles where it's like in the hundreds a day. A day? A day. It's like all like it's a whole day. If I refused, I was beaten with a broomstick, a metal pipe, or anything they could find. After several months of being in that dark place, police and IJM showed up and brought me out. They told me I was safe, but I didn't trust anyone. I thought maybe I was being sold for a third time. Yeah, why should she
1: trust anyone? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I wouldn't either. But the social workers from IJM came to meet me regularly, spoke to me, would ask me questions about what happened. With me, They believed when I spoke to them and they believed me when I spoke to them and they helped me testify in court against the people from the brothel, even though it was extremely difficult. If I were alone, I could never have come this far. There is a fire burning inside of me when I think of my past experiences. I could hear a voice yelling from the fire saying, you have to fight. You must save other girls. <laughs> Sorry. Uh This is this is hard. This is hard, too. And she said, my name is again, name redacted and I will hold my head high high always. I will not let it come down. This is who I am. I will not be known as the girl who's gone through bad things. I will be known as the girl who has overcome bad things. So God, I know I'm punching people in the gut with this. So just sorry. And this is this is the last like not the next. I have one more after this, but not that the next one isn't like bad, but I have a whole thing with that one. This one was the most difficult for me because it involves a boy. Most people, when they think of human trafficking, their mind automatically goes to women and girls, which
1: yeah, like teenage girls. That's what I yeah. that's what I think of. I don't want to just think of that, but that's what I do think of. And me having
0: sons around his age really just this is what I told you I had to come back and like take a break. This is what this is the one like I had to. So I will give everyone a heads up. This one's rough. It involves a male which is a lot of time, I feel like sometimes I don't want to say a lot of times but sometimes I feel like it's more difficult to hear about sexual assault against males because we don't hear it very often and it's shocking. Yeah
1: I don't know I don't know about <laughs> it's all difficult you know it's more surprising yeah. Yeah, when we hear it that way. Accurate
0: Okay so once again he, his name is redacted he told a story he wanted the privacy of it which I 100% get and I understand but I still think his story is important. So he was sex trafficked for 10 years. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Yes. He when he wrote the article, he said he apologized cuz he's from Germany, so his like native tongue isn't English, so he's like if it sounds bad, I apologize, which I thought was super fresh. Um, I was born into a family with two older siblings. It started when I turned 2 that my parents had problems taking care of me. It was too much stress for them to take care of three children. So when I was 4, they decided to get a caretaker for me. She was actually really nice at first, and I remember that I Really liked her. She was extremely friendly and caring when I went to her place. When I was five, she told my parents that she wanted to adopt me. And after a few weeks thinking about it, they accepted. And at that time, it was okay for me because I really liked her. When I moved in with her, the whole sex trafficking story begins. Every day, she got more abusive towards me. She started to touch me in weird ways, kissed in ways that you don't kiss a child, and sometimes even cut me. Again, I think this is different too because it's a female abuser. And that's not common either.
1: Yeah, we talk a lot about, I mean, I don't know that. We've done a few where the woman is the, you know, the perpetrator, but. Yeah,
0: it's typically, I don't want to say, you don't often hear of sexual abuse coming from the, like the abuser being a woman. And it's a lot of times it's not that it's like any less common. It's just, it's less reported. And that's also awful. Because
1: boys are made to feel like, oh, what? You don't, you don't like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's baloney, and that kind
0: of stigma because that's awful.
1: I know, like everyone listening is gonna just hear me go like, <laughs> like every I know, ten I'm minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay.
0: I know that she did even more stuff, but I really can't remember. So it got worse and worse every day. When at some point she invited people to her home that just straight up started to rape me for hours, oh males God. and females. And I still remember that even as a five year old, I just wanted to die there. Five years old, five, Ugh. like five. I, oh. The rage that I feel while I read these stories is unmatched. It's, <laughs> I I can't
1: even. It's awful. It's disgusting. From
0: from that day, it was the same over and over, except for on Saturday and Sunday because she wanted my wounds to heal.
1: <gasps> Ew.
0: So I'm not gonna read. It's very repetitive with the abuse, and I don't feel like I need to. <laughs>
1: you've made. Con- you've con- got con- the point across. Con- yeah. 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 <sighs>
0: So with when I was nine or 10, she started to trade me around for money. So I went to different homes where people abused me. He goes into detail about what happened. Again, I'm not going to go into that. He literally says everything you can think of. He was very often missing school. But since I wasn't a bad learner, I could write a test here and there. And I came through the classes. When I came to middle school, I was bullied. I got beaten up and I was humiliated with words. So he was experiencing hell at school. And at home again. This is why I tell people always teach your kids not to be assholes because you never know what is going on in someone's
1: home life, or yeah, or in their life at all. Yeah, exactly. Since middle school is obviously
0: harder than elementary school, I wasn't able to graduate because I had been missing so much, and I really couldn't learn because my day was filled with everything else.
1: Yeah, I believe it. So
0: at some point, this is the this is when the people that I need to be in a room with on my worst days is this. I can. I'm just this bitch (laughs) because this is that's the only way to describe this woman. At some point, she sent me to a psychiatrist because I was so mentally ill that she literally couldn't bear it anymore. She was trafficking him and she couldn't bear how mentally ill he was.
1: Yeah, that bitch. You're right. No. Yeah, that's why I said it. That's the only word I could spend my F word on this one.
0: So I went to an old psychiatrist in my town. I thought someone would finally help me, but she had paid off the psychiatrist. What the? Again, that this is, is Germany. insane.
1: Like even if it's still, it doesn't matter if it's Germany, like pe- like you shouldn't be able to pay off no. a psychiatrist no. to like ignore like a child's plea for help. Mm-hmm.
0: So again, he's going on and on and on about all of this abuse he was, and I don't I don't want to go into that. I don't want to read cuz he's very graphic with it. You can use your worst imagination or I mean I would recommend not, but you can get the gist of it. So he says on his 15th birthday when the sunrise came she was shouting my name So I came to her and she told me that she felt horribly sick suddenly in that moment I felt like this was maybe a chance to get out So I told her I will grab something to drink So I walked to the kitchen and searched for something that I could threaten her with even though I barely had any energy But I found nothing since she was keeping her sharp knives and stuff elsewhere in the house So I couldn't find them I just grabbed the water and went back to her and found her passed out on the floor The moment I saw her passed out on the floor, I have never felt so much power in my body. I stood up And as much as I could, I got the key. I stood up as much as I could and got the keys and went to the streets where a very nice old man found me and brought me to the
1: police. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah. So after that, everything went kind of fast. She was arrested. I went to the hospital where they took care of my injuries and she was sentenced to life, which is 25 years in Germany. And I was able to get many of the other people that abused me into prison too.
1: That's just so it's wild to me when they're like life in prison is 25 years. If someone is Mm -hmm. 30 when they get arrested and they get Life in prison. They're like 55 when they get out. They still have, I don't know, maybe... I know that in other countries they're much I think, better about rehabilitation.
0: That's what I was saying. I think say. that's I think important. Really,
1: but in cases like it, this, I just want exactly. her to rot until like the earth is gone.
0: Yes, I 100% agree. And it's it is so hard researching and bringing cases that involve children as parents. Like it's it, it's hard. It's hard to hear Meg tell them. It's hard for me to tell. I'm sure she feels the exact same way, yeah, absolutely. Because I feel the normal person has this parental instinct to just protect. You want to protect children. I felt like that before I even had kids, and I did not like children. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> it's, I and I even I have a handful of kids that I would spend time with, and I'm not. I don't do well. I mean, I say that, but kids really like me. I'm not. <laughs> They just... It's because really, you
1: are a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm very... Like, I just... It's so hard to think that this is happening every single minute of every single day. There are children that are going through this. And for some reason, it is... I feel like this should be on every front page. Every news headline should be about this type of stuff. Like, Yeah, and it's
1: like you, <laughs> you, you almost never the, hear about it unless you go looking for it.
0: Yeah, and I could have done a 10 part series. And honestly, I think not to traumatize people every year, but I think once a year, I'm going to go back to these type of cases because it is the fastest growing crime industry in the United States.
1: Behind what? Do you know?
0: Yeah. Drugs, murder, (laughs) robberies, It's human trafficking. And it's hard for me. I live where I live in Dayton. It's well, I don't live in Dayton, but like Dayton's right there. It's two main highways. So Dayton is one of the top it's in the top 10 for human trafficking. Like we have classes about it at work. Like it's kids are taught about it in school because it is so like
1: prominent. It's
0: yeah, it's awful. But I think when you get into some of these smaller towns where you don't realize it's happening, you know, it's like there's a world outside of these small towns, and you have to educate your children about it. Children who are in the foster system, children who are runaways, they are more likely to be trafficked. They're trying to fill that void. If they're runaways, they're looking for money. If their parents are in a bad way, the drug epidemic that's everywhere it's has put par- it. yeah you have parents who maybe otherwise they wouldn't have thought to sell their children <sighs> or the worst part is you have some parents especially in third world countries who people come and you real they're really thinking they're giving their children a better life and they're like i this person's coming they have money they can help take care of my kids you know i they're going to give them a life that i can't right. and th- yeah and this is this is the type of stuff that can happen. And it's awful. And I it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, it is. So lastly, I want to touch on the most frequent form of trafficking that a lot of people aren't even realizing they're participants in and that they're aiding in and they don't like I said, they don't even realize it. So I couldn't talk about trafficking without talking about the porn industry side of it. Yeah. And I should add, I am 100% for women and men To be able to decide what to do with their bodies. If you want to have an OnlyFans, if you want to be in the adult film industry, I'm cheering you on. Pro sex work. I am very pro for you. You know, I dig it. Like, I love that people were like, you know what? I'm not going to have, I'm not going to get jerked around by these, you know, big companies. I'm going to take control of my own. I'm going to make an OnlyFans. I'm going to be in control of my own life. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I I agree. I'm never going to tell you not to do it. I'm, I'm for owning your sexuality. Like, I am. And if you're going to, be like, oh, no, we don't want to hear that type of argument. I don't want to hear anyone try to argue against someone who has the choice and they choose to do it. Like if they are willingly like this is what I want. Yeah, If they're
1: a consenting adult, they can do whatever the hell they want.
0: But the point key point being someone who is choosing not because not choosing because they have no other option, not choosing because they are being forced into it. That is not the choices I'm talking about. I'm talking about sitting around at your house and being like, F it. I'm going to start an OnlyFans. I'm going to sell feet pics. I'm gonna, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the people who have been neglected so much, who have so much trauma, they feel like this is the only way out. That is not what I'm talking about. So Pornhub attracts 3.5 billion with a B, B as in boy, 3.5 billion visits a month. That's more than Netflix. That's more than Yahoo. That's more than Amazon. Which is, shit, I
1: didn't know that. Yeah. That's wild.
0: Pornhub rakes in money from almost 3 billion ad impressions a day. One ranking list, Pornhub is the 10th most visited website in the world. Again, I'm not telling you to not watch porn. I'm not. But. I'm telling you that if you are watching porn on these websites, there is a very solid and likely chance you're watching videos where the people involved are victims of human trafficking or they don't even know that their video is out there. And that's enough to make me want to vomit. Like, yeah, that's because you don't think about it. You don't, you know, you they, porn. I mean, they have a, they have a, they bought a billboard in Times Square before they donate. I mean, they have a, they donate to organizations, fight for racial equality and, you know, they brag on having content to get you through COVID-19 shutdowns. But the problem with Pornhub And other websites as such is for the longest time, Pornhub had, they estimated, 80 moderators. 80. (laughs) 80.
1: For the billions Mm -hmm. of visitors they have Mm -hmm. and the millions of videos they have? Yep. 80. That's nuts. 80.
0: Facebook has 15,000. So if that just gives you a little bit of a...
1: And you know they can't like... (laughs) You know they would be able to pay more people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They get like one... I I think I read it was like one point some number million hours of videos submitted a year. So the 80 people that they have, it take would take them like hundreds and hundreds of hours of constantly watching porn every day. Like the, essentially that would be all they did. They would sit in front of a computer, watch porn because they would have to watch hundreds of hours of videos a week. So physically, you cannot scroll through those videos to see, is this person being held against their will? Is this person 14? Is this person being raped? Is this, you know, they can't do it. And they were trying to oh you know like we have consent no you don't like
1: they yeah you don't (laughs) no
0: and so recently and this has been a big thing recently and I mean as in like the past six months uh, Pornhub has been under fire because more and more people are realizing that there's no there's no way they say that you can't there's certain code words like you can't put rape you can't put underage you can't do any of that but you can put like under 18 with no spaces and thousands of videos come up. Ugh. You could ask for braces.
1: You can Yeah, moderators clearly are not doing their job.
0: Yeah, you can suggest young tiny teen, extra small petite teen teen Asian girl, young girl. And, you know, it's, you can search all of these and it comes up and it's, you know, 6.8 million new videos every year posted to the site. And there are many that depict child abuse. There's not many that are like non-consensual violent. They have no idea how much of the content is consensual. And this, so this girl's story, she said I was, her name is Jewel Baraka. I was trafficked in porn a few decades ago, long before anyone heard the term Sex trafficking. Everyone thought that porn life was the playboy mansion and that prostitution was the l- prostitution life was pretty woman. I had no grid for the possibility that my trafficking was not my fault even though I was from 11 to 17 and underage at the whole time. Her dad is the one that trafficked her. We see this Ugh, way yeah. way too much, way too much. Um she said watching Pornhub's crimes being exposed on every phone and computer screen the last few weeks has been deeply sad. This article is written about 4 months ago. If Feels like karmic payback for all of the videos of underage trafficked and raped women and children that are still up on their website. They just had thousands of videos like taken down because before you were not able like websites that had like forums like such as Facebook, you weren't able to sue the company based on what users posted. But they introduced a law in 2018 that the, you could sue. Like if my video got posted to Pornhub and they wouldn't take it down because that hap- That's the biggest. That's what happens a lot. It's revenge porn.
1: Oh, That's yeah. been the thing. I know. Re- I have personal experience with it. In '09. Yes. if you recall, well, you might not recall. Yeah. That was when I that was on our break. My, uh, I remember we ta- us talking yeah, about yeah. it. And I didn't, I
0: didn't want to like,
1: I didn't want to. Like, no, I'll talk about it. It's fine. Yeah. I had but, s- yeah, so. somebody post like my naked photos on the internet. And those photos, it was on 4chan. And they went like viral on 4chan, which was the worst and literally haunted me for 10 10 years, I had to put like a Google alert on my name so that anytime it would come up, I would like go to the website and email the people who own the website. And then they would just change the name that the video was under instead like they would leave mm-hmm. it up but just change how you would find it, it wasn't a video even there were pictures it's i feel so awful
0: for the girls who like i said i can't sit here and say i have not taken photos like that i mean am i like bragging and about you're it you are allowed no. to cuz you're
1: an adult and like
0: yeah have i been i mean i had an instance like that in high school where a picture of mine was going around I had an instance where I'm not going to name any names because it's awful, where the person who had the pictures of underage naked girls was a teacher at the school we went to. Yeah. And that was the up. whole thing. And they were getting the pictures when they confiscated phones. So the boys weren't even the ones sending it. And these boy teenage boys who you have to stop with the boys will be boys narrative and say, oh, you know, they were just being boys. They were just sending the picture around of the girl. No, like, no, you are... Participating in trafficking. Trafficking,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: That is online exploitation and you're participating in it. And it's something that needs to, especially in the era that I feel like cell phones were texting and stuff was like really picking up, like towards the end of our high school career, but and like into college. But now, <laughs> I mean, we just got my 10 year old a phone and I haven't slept a full night's sleep since I got <laughs> it. And I have every single blocker you could have on that phone. I go through his phone. I look at all of his text messages every single day. I have an app. It's excellent. It's called Bark. It alerts me if anything inappropriate is, you know, on there. But at some point, I mean, he's 10. I'm assuming he's not, you know, sexting and sending naked pictures yet when I feel like that. (laughs) And if you know my son, you know that like that is some people have to worry about that. I know my son. I know that that is not even on his radar right now. But at some point I have I'm going to have to have that conversation with him. I'm going to have to have the conversation with my daughter. Like, if you choose to send pictures of your body, this is what can happen. And it's not your fault. It's just this is the sad, disgusting age that we live in, that there are you there are 14 15 year old girls who are being asked by older boys send me a video of you and they do and then it ends up on Pornhub and the girl that was speaking was talking she had 400,000 views she had to be homeschooled she had to be homeschooled afterwards because her ex-boyfriend or a boy that she was liking put a video of her on Pornhub and she was 14 And for
1: what like what is the point like for clout is that what it is just yeah
0: I never understood the I, I remember being mortified the first time that that happened to me and realizing that more more people had a picture of me than what I initially intended.
1: Yes. And you know, when it happens, like when, you know, it was 10, 15, between 10 and 15 years ago, when those things were happening to us, it wasn't as easy as like, I know who did this. I can go to like, I can press charges on this person because you could, those laws weren't even there yet.
0: No. And it's, I don't even want to say like teenage boys are, I mean, it's more prominent with boys like sending pictures. But this is obviously
1: like adults doing this also to everyone, to kids, to their partners, to... You were not in high school when it
0: happened to you, you know, like you were in high school. It was by all, we were you were an adult and it happened and it was still like it's you girls I remember being in high school and it happening and you feel that sense of shame because it's like who do I tell that I sent a naked picture of myself to someone Yeah, because it's not something I was proud of I at the time honestly I probably didn't even really want to do it but it's like you want to girls have this you know you want to be popular you want to you want to be cool you want boys to like you and I didn't have the I didn't have the self-confidence to be like oh, fuck that. Like, I don't have to do that if I don't want to. So it's just that's a conversation that parents need to have. It's a conversation women and men need to have if they're watching any of, it's not just Pornhub, it's any of these sites. Like, you don't know if the people you're watching, I mean, get it. Get someone's OnlyFans. Like, if that's what you want to do, watch someone's Because then they'd have to pay for it. Like,
1: that's why they're not doing
0: that. Yeah. But you're watching these free videos. One, you're screwing up your computer. I can remember having a teenage brother. I know what happens to computers, but it's, you don't know what you're, you don't know who you, there's no way to tell. Are you watching a 15 year old girl? Because I can promise you 15 year olds these days, they don't look 15. <laughs> they don't
1: look 15. They look 18. They look 25.
0: Does it? Yeah. Maybe that looks very consensual. Maybe it looks like they're really enjoying themselves. Is it revenge porn? Does the girl know? One girl had so many pictures or so many videos posted of her. They, Pornhub would not take it down until she emailed them Pretending to be a lawyer.
1: I saw that. I did read that one. Yeah, that's.
0: They're. Because it's bringing their money.
1: They're like, why would we turn off our paycheck?
0: Mm hmm. There was a girl who went missing in Florida and her mom found her because of the videos that had been. They were posting of her on Pornhub. It's, you know, it's. That's her, so there scary. were, and that's, yeah, her mother found her. It says her mother found her on Pornhub. There are 58 sex videos. This These reports are everywhere. So, like I said, it's the most, you're, you may not know that you're aiding in it. But I'm sorry. Chances are you probably are. So stop being cheap and <laughs> pay for someone's only fans that's my that's my tangent on pay that for
1: someone who has had to do age verification and consent verification yeah and
0: that's what that's what Pornhub I guess is leaning they're gonna start requiring you know 20 years later whatever I don't know how old Pornhub is but they're
1: finally gonna be like we're gonna
0: start making everyone have con- you know consent forms and blah 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 yeah
1: absolutely your actors should have like all of that shit they should have like yeah like medical tests they medical records they should have consent verification they should have age verification why why not why like that that makes it safer for everyone involved including the people watching and looking for it
0: exactly and what pisses me off more than anything with this you see how easy it is For videos to be taken down, you see it. It happens. You, it's not uncommon to be like, "Oh, I was censored." They're gonna start. um, My sister showed like it's gonna be harder to find like accounts that are promoting like anti-vax, like for the COVID vaccine, which is not like that's not what the argument is. It's like, okay, it's almost like if it's that easy, why can we not take all these videos down? Like, why is it so hard? And the answer is because it's making money, and that's the most disgusting part of it. Yeah, that
1: is the worst the worst.
0: So lastly, um, I'm going to wrap this up. Some things that you can be on the lookout for if you think someone may be a victim of human trafficking or if you just want to like some general tips if you're out in public and you're like witnessing something that doesn't, you know, just doesn't sit right. So if they're appearing malnourished, if they're showing signs of physical injuries or abuse, if they avoid eye contact, social interaction, authority figures or law enforcement, if they seeming to adhere to scripted or rehearsed responses, and social interaction, lacking official identification documents. They appear to lack personal possessions, working excessively long hours, living at the place of employment, checking into hotels or motels with older males, referring to them as daddy or boyfriends. Yeah, and that know, being poor- said,
1: like you see, like cases of child trafficking, at least, you see someone sit down with a child or go into a dressing room with a child, and then a different adult comes and takes them away. Like, yeah, that could be be like a parent custody situation, but you like keep an eye on it. Like, yeah, absolutely. See something, I always, say something.
0: Yeah. I always say, so you report it and it's nothing. That's fine. You've wasted <laughs> someone's time or you could report it and it could be something. Yeah. Um, a couple other things, obviously like poor physical or dental health, tattoos or branding on the neck or lower back. Um, if you're a medical professional, untreated sexually transmitted diseases, small children serving in a family restaurant, that is also a form of labor trap trafficking security measures that appear to keep people inside an establishment barbed wire inside a fence bars covering inside of windows vans that lock from the outside with no windows no identification that is a big one that is a big one if you're out and you see that uh not allowing the person's not allowed to go in public alone or speak for themselves just some things you know and then just again i'm, I'm going to give you a bunch of resources in the show notes and like in the thing to like who you can contact a few of the big Big ones are like, obviously, National Domestic Violence Hotline, the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, the Global Alliance Against Trafficking and Women, UNICEF. You know, it's this. I know I gave everyone a lot of information this episode and it's kind of a little different than we normally go, but it
1: was informative. Thank you. I liked
0: it. And, and another one is, (laughs) yeah, it's for girls, women who go out to bars and, or, I mean, I don't think anyone's going out to bars right now, but like, I remember going out with my friends and like being drunk and going to the bathroom by myself, like things like that. Don't let your friend, don't let your girlfriend, like try to get herself home. Don't let her leave with someone she doesn't know. Like there's traffickers patrol campuses and they are, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a girl who's drunk and disheveled and doesn't, know what's going on they can wake up in a different state so with no identification so yeah just that was that I sorry guys I know this was rough it was hard but no
1: it's okay it's good we if we're uncomfortable talking about it it means like it's important you know like like, I agree instance like it's making us uncomfortable because we're ignoring it
0: yeah and it's so prominent that that's what makes me that's After, like I said, after the whole thing with like my van and like, I just I was like, I have to talk about this like more than just being like, oh hey, this happened. Like, and St. Karen, she works in foster care, she works with DCFS, and she said that this is a bigger problem than any of us even realize, and that's scary. Like, it's she sees it every day. So, because a lot of these times, these pimps and these traffickers, they build this relationship where the victims think they need them. So, even if they're taking out taken out of the situation, there are is where the girls or boy, they run right back to the people who are trafficking them. And it's, it's, it's insane. So yeah, that, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, yeah, I
1: don't have anything else. I've <laughs> So much.
0: I uh, will end on a positive note that my birthday is tomorrow. So this episode will drop one day before my birthday, which is dope. <laughs> it's gonna be 22. <laughs>
1: plus 10, 10.
0: <laughs> but the good news is is I really thought I was 33
1: I know and then I was like what year were you born in And you were like I have been saying I was 33 all week I'm like you're not you're 32 buddy congratulations that was a nice, that was a nice pleasant <laughs> surprise uh, I'll, well, yeah I'll meet you there in May
0: yeah I'll be waiting for you <laughs> on the other end of the highway <laughs> But uh, again, more high notes. Uh, Thanks for everyone who has been following us thus far. If you're still listening, uh, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, talk to us. Meg made some really dope stickers. Thank you for buying them
1: if you bought one. Yeah,
0: that's that's the support because we were kind of like and we'll have all this is on our instagram and stuff just we're kind of like hey stickers are two dollars if you want to donate more because we are ad free so if you don't realize we don't make any money (laughs) (laughs) recording the podcast this is just a
1: hobby that we would love to make a job one day
0: but we just we have offers for ads and like we just it's so hard for us because we love that we don't have ads so we're just kind of like hey if you want to just donate you know help us stay ad free and then
1: then people did. did. And we were we like, did. the generosity. It
0: was, we were floored. Still, I still can't believe it. Um, we're going to be working on a Patreon that's coming. More merch is coming. We tested some shirts and they were not, we want to give you guys really great quality and they were not great quality. Yeah, I'm so. actually
1: wearing one right now because it is very cozy, but the print was just not great. We want and like we a wanna- sustainable quality product.
0: Yeah, we didn't want to like give you guys something that we were like, oh, gross. I would never,
1: even though I would.
0: <laughs> what else? <laughs> I'm still going to wear the samples, but I would never want to, I would want you guys to have to pay for something that I wouldn't personally pay for. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, there's that. I was going to
1: say something else. Hold on. You might have to edit this out just a little bit. Uh, oh, we're talking about maybe streaming. And if you know oh, yeah. anything about that, please let us know because we don't really know like where to, st- where do people watch like podcast streamers? Is yeah, YouTube. We're is it your, Twitch?
0: Or what is it? Is it both? Like we're trying to, we're going to try out some things like with this whole Patreon thing that will give you access to us. You guys hear, yeah, you guys hear the the cut version. I spend hours and that's, I spent hours. Well, not, it, it's gotten better, but like I spent some time editing this and you'll get to see in real time all the fun stuff that we like break and talk about. Every time that. I sneeze and
1: I'm like, oops, sorry. Or our kids cry. You'll get to hear that <laughs> fun
0: stuff. <laughs> we got
1: to take a break break uh my baby's
0: crying. in the whole keeping up with the trend of like owning you know like owning how you look we're gonna do some like video streams so you can see us in all of our mom glory (laughs) i know that's what you're all waiting for but yeah so stay tuned and we will see you guys next week that's it for today thank you all so much for listening to gruesome true crime with me connie and Meg, we appreciate every single one of you.
1: We truly do. If you actually like us and you're not just trying to seduce and murder us, you can follow along or see extras from the show on our Instagram at Podcast.
0: Or if you want to tell us our skin would make a nice lampshade, or if you have follow-up questions about the episode, follow the form on our website, gruesomepodcast.com, and email us. We love hearing from you guys.
1: You can listen to Gruesome at the links listed on that website or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you normally get your podcast fill. Thank you again. Be sure to subscribe. Check your back seat before you get into your car. And remember that on Wednesdays, we're, we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. <laughs>